welcome to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to NSPS Radio Hour here uh, before Christmas. Happy to have everybody joining us who is joining us, and we welcome all those who are going to be joining us when they listen in later. We appreciate everybody who listens to the show. Uh, today is we're going to talk about the upcoming elections for NSPS. I think everybody on who listens to the show knows that we hold an election every year for certain of our officer positions. And this year happens to be one of those where we have three candidates rather than a whole slate. And I'll explain that a little bit so nobody gets confused about it. Um, we just had some bylaw changes in the last year or so because of our new joint membership structure. And we made our secretary and our treasurer positions longer term, three years I think it is. So we don't have those candidates running each year. And, of course, our president-elect ascends presidency. Um, after serving as president-elect, so we don't elect a president per se. So this year, our current vice president, Jan Fokens, is running unopposed for the president-elect spot. So Jan is with us today. Welcome to the show, Jan. Is Jan with us? Hello. Uh, How about Rick Howard or Ken Levitt? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm here. <laughs> this is Jim. Is Rick with us? Is yep, Rick I'm with here. us? Is yep. Jan with us? I'm not hearing Jan. Was he on with you guys earlier when you first came on? Uh, I don't believe I heard I, his voice. Okay. I don't think I heard him either. So. Okay, that's fine. Uh, maybe he something came up and he wasn't able to make the show. Well... So having said that, then I'll just repeat that Jan is actually running unopposed for president-elect, which is not uncommon. As a matter of fact, it's probably more common than has been the case over the over the time NSPS has existed. But we do occasionally have another candidate for president-elect this year. No one is running against Jan. So Jan is from Michigan. I think a lot of people know Jan, and he'll be running unopposed. So with that, we have with us... Kim Levitt, who's from Idaho, and Rick Howard from Connecticut, who are vice presidential candidates. So welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Good to have you on the show with me today. So I guess the thing that we want to talk about is the fact that, well, first of all, let me do this. Let me tell people when the election is going to occur. I need to do that before I forget to do it later. Uh, We're going to be sending an email out on the 23rd to all of our members for whom we have an email address. As hard as it may be to believe, we actually still have a fairly significant number of members for whom we do not have an email address. I don't know if that means they don't do email or they just didn't share their email address with us, but nevertheless, we don't have their email address. So we have to send, still have to send a hard copy ballot out to them, and those are going to be going out um, before Christmas, before the end of this week. And... um, Everybody who gets an email or gets a paper uh, notification will be given a link and a voter ID, an individual voter ID that's only for that individual, cannot be used more than once even by that individual, um, to go on to our online or electronic voting system that we have and uh, place their votes for the candidates of their choice. 
Uh, the deadline is going to be February the 12th for returning the ballots. So that will all be included in the notification that everybody gets. But I just wanted to sort of lay that out there to begin with so everybody knows what our, our time frame is. Uh, we're a little earlier this year than we are sometimes. That's partially because our conference coming up um, in April is, a, um, I'm sorry, in March this year and 2016 is a little bit earlier than we've done in the past, and we have to have a window before the, the conference occurs to get our elections done. So that's the logic behind all of this. Um, so having said that, both Rick and Kim have been very active participants in NSPS and in their state societies for a really, really long time. And I want them to talk about their perspectives on the association, what it means, their participation in it. But maybe more so, I really want to talk, have you guys talk about yourselves and your work and your family. Uh, and, and one of the reasons for that is it seems to me sometimes, I, I'm kind of drawing on this for our upcoming national election too, but sometimes people tend to focus on a position or they kind of forget that candidates are actually people and they have real lives and they have real families and they have real jobs and that they're like everybody else really who is in the voting pool, uh, particularly in, in something like we're doing. That may or may not be true for a state or a national election, but it's certainly true for um, for our organization. So that's one of the things that I'm interested in having you guys talk about today, not only your perspectives on a variety of things, but, but also about yourselves. So with that, uh, I don't know, since I've got uh, uh, Rick's name here, I'll just ask him to start off and tell us something about himself and his family. I know you've got uh, some children you're really proud of and, and lots of other things going on, so tell folks about yourself, Rick. Uh, yes, thank you, Kurt. Uh, I have three children. The oldest uh, is nearby, just moved out of the house recently, and two of them just came back from college. Uh, I enjoyed, my wife and I both enjoyed having them around the house this weekend, a little bit like old times. Uh, I live here in Connecticut. I run a small shop out of my house. Um, I only have a student employee during the summer months when I need it, when the field work is built up a little bit. Uh, I got my four-year degree from Orono. I've been working in the Northeast for almost 30 years, uh, 18 years of it uh, with, the, with the utility company. Um, in which I got a broad range of experience and uh, GPS, GIS, much, a lot of things. Uh, and then since 2007, I have been working on my own, pretty much uh, catering to the utility industry. And uh, I've been very fortunate and happy to sustain my business. I certainly enjoy the independence. And since 2007, I've been heavily involved with NSPS and my state association. Uh, I truly enjoyed the opportunity. I, I love all the people I get to meet. And uh, I, my my message to everybody about joining professional is that I feel like I'm a better surveyor as a result of being part of my professional organizations. And give them all a number of examples as to why that is so. Well, thanks for that, Rick. One of the things you, you, you didn't mention about your children that, that I know is that uh, there's some pretty active participation in sports with your with your kids. Uh, this is true. Yeah, my my oldest was uh, the starting shortstop at Trinity for for a number of years before he got injured. Uh, my middle boy is uh, kind of tall. He's the center for Keene State basketball. 
and uh, he'll be out in Phoenix uh, just after Christmas for a little while, a little road trip. And uh, my daughter also was very involved with sports. So uh, yeah, we've been on the everybody that's been on that train before. You know, it's pretty involved and takes up a lot of time. But we enjoyed it. And not too many of us can boast the fact that we have a uh, a child who's seven feet tall, right? <laughs> True. Yeah, that usually comes up. That's <laughs> it's, uh, it's emphasized even more when you when you meet them. <laughs> oh, I can I can only imagine that. Uh, of course, not being very tall myself, uh, I'd have to probably reach to the top of my my tips of my fingers to get as high as, as his head is. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, but that's great. I, go ahead. It's it's humbling when you have to look up to both of your sons. And, you know, one of them, when you give him a hug, your head's in his chest. Yeah, and, and you're not a short guy yourself. No, I stand at 6'2". Oh. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. I, I That's one of the things about this time of the year. I think we just enjoy our family so much. And and business is always uh, on our minds, and um, we have to be thinking about that. But, um like I said, going in, there's a human element to all of this that, that we come with a, a varied perspective um, among ourselves as we uh, collectively get together. And I, I think sometime, Rick and Kim, it would be kind of cool if we were to have uh, an opportunity for the people who sit with us in our boardrooms and our committee meetings to actually talk about their families sometimes and people get to know each other more so, I, I've been really fortunate having been do, involved in doing this so long. I've gotten to know a lot of people and know more about them maybe than just seeing them uh, a couple times a year. But even with that, there there's so much I don't know about folks. And, and I think that's important, really, when you're in relationships with people, particularly the way we do our business in, in NSPS. Um, as you both know, sometimes people come into our meetings and, I won't say there's a bias necessarily, but they certainly have a perspective that kind of goes along with where they are or where, what part of the country they're from. And uh, and sometimes we have preconceived ideas about what other people might be thinking when they're coming from somewhere else. But when you really drill down and get to talking to people and finding out who they are and about their families and that kind of thing, it really helps you to, to grasp the fact that all of us are really in the same boat. Yeah, I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. Well, we are a couple of minutes from maybe even a minute and a half from our break, so I don't want to get, let Kim jump in, and then we have to come in and say we're going to break you up, Kim. And so I'm, as I told you guys, and I was telling David, I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants on time today because I had me talk on my cell phone here in the remote mountains of Virginia where I grew up um, and don't have my timer going. So uh, hopefully I'll hit these things pretty well. But, uh, again, thanks, Rick, for, for sharing that information with us, and, and we'll get with, with Kim here in, in a second. And I don't know if you if you guys have sensed any of that same kind of thing that I do sometimes when when folks come in. and it, 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 You see people tend to stick with people from their part of the country more than reaching out sometimes. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it seems to me that way. Mm, I'd say the opposite. I know that the New England crowd was usually quite close with the Northwestern crowd for quite a while. <laughs> Uh, in many cases, still are. I guess you guys are still with me. My phone seems to keep going; like it, it sounds like it's dead. So, if if I keep asking questions, it's because I'm not hearing you very well. Ah. <laughs> so, 
we are bound to be somewhere within 20 seconds or so of our first break, so I'll let David take us away, if he will, and correct me when I come back if I'm wrong about that. So, again, my apologies for having to do things this way today, but it you know, seems as though that's the way we're going to have to do it. So let's take our first break, and we'll come back and have Ken talk to us. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next-generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back today with Rick Howard and Kim Levitt talking about NSPS and both of them being on the ballot for our upcoming election for the office of vice president. And I don't know, Rick, before I jump over to, uh, to Kim, did you talk about your leadership positions coming coming through NSPS. I don't remember if you did that or not. Um, no, I didn't. Uh, I just stated that I had been involved. Um, probably the biggest one I had was chairman of the Board of Governors for two years. That was 2012, 2013. Um, I, I think I biggest thing I got out of that was uh, believing that I was there to be a consensus builder and, uh, you know, getting the organization, getting everybody through the meeting things be well suited to uh, carry on at the executive level. Right. Well Kim, let's let's have you tell us about about Kim and Kim's family and your participation in NSPS and um, uh, offices you've held and and things that are of interest. Okay. I appreciate the uh, information that I learned about Rick just now. So I, I'm looking at him as a, a different perspective with the seven-footer. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't have one of those. <clears throat> My, uh, you know, I've been, I was born and raised here in Idaho and, and uh, in the northwest, uh, western states. I've been surveying. It's really the only job that I've had for 
over 40 years since I graduated from high school. And uh, I just recently retired uh, when my partner and his sons, who are civil engineers, uh, uh, bought out the controlling interest to our business. So right now I'm, uh, I took a job teaching at uh, BYU-Idaho, teaching the uh, uh, land surveying there in the civil engineering department. Uh, I also teach. There's construction management uh, uh, degree there and, and also uh, some geologists and some GIS people and things like that, so they're they're taking these courses from me. So I've got a few things to do uh, during the week, but I, my uh, wife, Gwen, and I have been married for, I don't know, 41 years, I think, is the number now. And uh, we have four children and nine grandchildren, and uh, so the gr- grandkids that are here close, we spend uh, a lot of our hours in gymnasiums uh, during the winter here watching basketball and, and uh, football in the fall and and uh, hunting and so I'm taking them hunting and fishing and they like camping so we do a lot of those things together and have a real enjoyable time uh, raising our grandkids here close um, I've been you know I've been involved in uh, in our state society for a lot of years. Uh, early in my career, I had a, a mentor that uh, got me started back at the time that uh, Idaho started their society. And so I watched the evolution of that society and, and uh, for many years have served there as, uh, you know, vice president, president, past president, things, and then uh, after all those things were over with, I I uh, went to uh, or I was elected in a way or appointed to the the governor of NSPS and that time, of course, it was ACSM. So I served for a lot of years there here in Idaho, um, and and that's what began the association that I have with NSPS. There served for about eighteen years as a governor. Um, and then uh, was elected to the Area 7 director and have served there for a term and, and uh, until the reorganization thing, so I served there for about four years. I have a degree in, in uh, civil engineering technology, associate's degree from Idaho State University, and then I took some other courses in law uh, from Idaho State University and... Uh, have been able to see the uh, evolution of and have helped in uh, bringing about a four-year degree program at Idaho State University in in serving uh, geomatics. And I uh, serve on those boards, those advisory boards still to to help those programs. And we've seen, been through ABET accreditation, all those things in those programs. So it's been hand-in-hand with... uh, the things that are uh, going on nationally and NSPL or NSPS. And so I've really enjoyed the associations that I've had with all of you. I've known Kurt for many years and appreciated all the help that he's given me and, and uh, Rick for a lot of years and, and a lot of really good associations there, a lot of friends at NSPS.
as, as we uh, pointed out. Or, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say in uh, a little bit more about <clears throat> what I do when I'm not uh, involved in surveying or survey education is uh, I like to go snow machining in the winter. And we always have uh, places and, and weather to do that here. And uh, like to, you know, like all Idahoans, I think I like to hunt and fish and, and recreate uh, outdoors. And, and uh, my wife and I uh, enjoy our family and our grandkids. And, and uh, we've got extended family here because all of her brothers and sisters live in this area. I also have four brothers who are also surveyors in, across the United States. So there's five of us involved in surveying. Three of us are, are licensed surveyors. Uh, two of them actually work in Virginia, Kurt. So I think I've met at least one of them. Yeah, you have. I'm, per- I'm pretty sure I have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys must have really interesting family reunions then, if everybody's surveyors. At least, you, at least you have something to talk about. Sometimes when I have family reunions, I don't know. I don't know how to talk to anybody else. I don't know anything but surveying. Yeah. Well. Once in a while, we get into those deep survey discussions. But um, my my brothers like to to come and uh, go hunting uh, at least once or uh, every other year. We get together and and yeah, we'll get into some of those discussions. And when we do, the rest of the family just kind of walks out of the room to other areas and other places. <laughs> so. Uh, those those discussions are a lot of fun. We uh, we share that uh, commonality. It wasn't because our father was a surveyor. It was just uh, um, my brother and I got into it early. And we I had the other brothers work uh, for me at different times, and everyone just got involved with it. Uh, being from Idaho and outdoors, it just really fit our personalities to be able to uh, have a profession that we could spend some time outside and, and, uh, and you know, keep in shape that way, I guess, working. In. So it, it's worked out really well. Yeah, you're speaking about the outside. I just, this past summer, I don't know if I told you about this, um, my sister is a year older than, than I am, and her 50th high school reunion was this past summer. And so a couple of friends and I decided to crash it because we knew more people in that class almost than we did our own. So we went, and one of the guys I got to see who had lived up the road a mile or two from where me, where I grew up um, graduated that year, and he's lived in Idaho pretty much all of his life since back then. I hadn't seen him in all that time, but he lives north of Coeur d'Alene, between Coeur d'Alene and the Canadian border, mm-hmm. and and he, he loves it out there. He thinks it's a great place to be. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of variety in, in Idaho as far as uh, you know geographics and and uh, different uh, types of things to recreate and see things like that and and to survey it's just it's been just as interesting that way too. I'm licensed in Wyoming and Montana as well, so I get to see parts of those states uh, every place I go. I <clears throat> marvel at uh how lucky I am to be in a profession that I can uh I can get out and and uh you know, study the history of some of these areas and, and you know, get into the courthouses and gather information and do surveying and things like that in other areas. It's just been a lot of fun. 
Yeah, that's true. I, and Rick, I, I would I would imagine, like most of us surveyors, you would agree with that too. It's it's a great job for a lot Absolutely. of reasons. Absolutely. Uh, although I'm still stuck on the fact that Kim has three brothers that are in surveying. I mean, I am green with envy on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually four four Rick. There's five oh, of us. Okay, okay. Even better. I mean, uh, you know, being a small time guy here, I don't have anybody to talk to about you know work and shop and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And uh, my best, some of my best times of late have been when I get together with my local surveyors here and. Uh, you know, head out of, like, onto Ohio. You know, we had a road trip uh, to mm-hmm. get to that meeting this fall, and we talked about surveying the whole way. I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, you, you uh, New England group, are pretty notorious for those those road trips. You guys do that a lot, don't you? Well, you know, a fair amount. You know, I think uh, Wayne and Bob, uh, our past presidents of NSPS from uh, here in Connecticut and Mass., uh, started that on their own. They're they're great friends, and uh, every once in a while they let me join in, especially if I offer to drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're both right. It it is great to have people um, that of like mind to talk to about issues sometimes because normally if we're just talking to everyday folks that don't do what we do, it, it makes a tough conversation sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and certainly you can't get into detail about anything much because they don't have an understanding of, of any of that kind of stuff or what we're what we're trying to do. And and actually, when we we're almost a break here, but when we come back, that's one of the things I want to talk about is looking to the future and and one of the big concerns that we all have of these days about um, the next generation of surveyors and where they're coming from. And and I think the fact that we're not well known in terms of what we're all about is part of that discussion uh, in terms of getting people interested. And there, there are things that we hopefully will be able to do as as a profession and as an organization and a group of organizations with the national and the state and the regionals together to uh, to turn that around and, and get people thinking back, uh, hopefully thinking of this as the great profession that we all know uh, that it is. So I'm going to drop it back to, to David here, and I may be a little bit early again, but rather than trying to start this next uh, conversation and have to break in, then David, I'll turn it back to you for our commercial break. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, 
only on America's web radio. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. We're back for our third segment with Rick Howard and Kim Levitt today, and thank you both for in, indulging me and, and talking with our group about uh, yourselves and, and your businesses and your families, and I, I just think that's an important element for people to know about. Before we, we go on, I, I mentioned I want to talk about the whole profession thing. Uh, before I do that, though, I, it's probably worth mentioning you, Kim, when you, when you made your uh, introduction, you talked about being area director. Uh, and for the for the audience who may not know, part of our restructure when we went to the joint membership program, and every state society in the program now has a voting member on our board of directors, um, we did away with the area director position, um, and we have we have different opinions I think uh, amongst some of our leadership about whether that was a great idea or a bad idea. Um, just from the perspective of getting representation for NSPH at the state society meeting. Because as you know, Kim and, and Rick does too, that was a big part of what the area directors did, was to visit the various states in their in their area. And mm-hmm. and now we're kind of depending on on the, the local guy, the, the director from that state, uh, to, to do all that work, which is, is a little difficult sometimes, I think, because in your own state you, you get tied up in a lot of other things while your conference is going on. And sometimes it's harder to to be that you know that sort of go to person that people can come over and talk about, or you can talk with them about NSPF. So I don't know since we made the change, Rick or, or Kim, if you felt any of that, uh, any loss from the area director thing or not. But I, I'd be interested in your perspectives on it. Yeah, uh, this this Kim, I, you know, as far as uh, uh, the change. Uh, the changeover. I knew that there would be a time and a period of time that uh, it would evolve, and uh, I enjoyed uh, being an area director in that I was able to visit those other states, and they do hold you as someone that uh, they look for guidance and and uh, uh, you know what's going on and things like that. And I know that when I was uh, uh, a governor from our state, you know, you would go to board meetings and and when we would give the NSBS report, that was the time when people would sleep. And uh, going to those conferences and things like that, you're able to give it in a different uh, venue sometimes, in a board meeting sometimes, uh, with the membership in the membership meeting usually, and uh, and talk about those issues and get to talk people about those and and so I, I thought that that was a really good way to do it and I was excited about each one of the the uh, board members from each state now taking that over to see how that is going to function and I know that there's um, in our state at least from the conferences that I've seen since that time there is a little bit of a, a disconnect there because it's the local guy rather than um, an NSPS 
officer or something like that. I think it's viewed just a little bit differently, and that might may just be the perspective that we've got to resolve that through the years. And uh, but uh, either way, I think thought uh, you know the old way was a, the way that it was uh, worked really well. And with the new board and things like that, I think that's an expected thing. And, and uh, as a national society, you know, we have to represent everyone. And uh, so how we do that needs to be, needs to come from everyone, uh, how we represent everyone. So I think that's a discussion that may continue a little bit. That's my feeling anyway. Uh, yeah, and Rick here, I could chime in on that. I mean, there's been some recognition that, you know, we've lost something in that respect, and we've encouraged each of the directors to support one of their local states by going to that meeting so that the person who is the director from that state doesn't have to sit at the booth and to provide them some assistance. Um, and I also recall that, you know, sometime in the recent past, uh, we have many past presidents who still like to be involved in the national organization, and uh, many of which show up. I mean, I think it was just two or three meetings ago, we had a dozen past presidents that were in, uh, in the uh, audience or actively participating in the meeting. So we did look at trying to bring them into the fold as far as representation at some of these state meetings. We are yeah, that's 50 of them that we could potentially cover, and uh, you know, we try to do it in a cost-effective manner by having people who are somewhat local and are willing to uh, make a small journey to represent NSPS. Yeah, and I, some of the uh, discussion that's been going on, you're exactly right. We, and I've heard, I'm sure you have too, both, both of you probably, uh, from past presidents, who many of whom want to still be active. Um, and, you know, we're fortunate, having begun in 1980, I think uh, out of the presidents that we've had since that period of time, there are fewer than 10 for sure who have, have passed away, um, and so we still have a lot of folks out there, but then again, a lot of the folks are much older. Um, and I, I know it sounds crazy for somebody my age to talk about people being older, but <laughs> but nevertheless, people who, who serve uh, further back that maybe aren't as interested, but we do still have some past presidents who are. And then there's been, uh, I think John Warren has done a pretty good job this year in sort of beginning an idea of getting a, a maybe a broader... Uh, executive committee than we used to have, and, and we've already done that. Whether it needs to be bigger or not is another discussion, I guess. But to get people within that executive committee more involved, kind of like the area directors were in the past. And to make that work effectively, I think we'll probably have to look at a, an executive committee uh, because we have, I think we have four, four um, directors on the executive committee in addition to the officers. And need to look at them from a regional perspective as well when we're choosing who, who's going to be on that executive committee. So maybe through some combination of those two things, we can figure out a way to get back to, because I've, I've heard of the same kind of things you guys have when I go to societies, it's, and, and Kim hit it right on the nose. You know, I can relate to this in my home state of Virginia. When I go to my home state of Virginia, I'm Kurt Sumner. I'm not NSPS executive director, or I wasn't NSPS president when I was that. I was one of the guys, 
and and mm-hmm. nobody really looked at it as a national representative. All they they knew what you were doing, and I and I know exactly what you're what you're saying. So I, I agree with you both that that that's something we do want to look at to make sure that people feel engaged. You know, the whole idea of doing the hundred percent membership program was to get people engaged, and we don't want to have gotten the program going and then say, well, gee, I'm glad you're doing it, but you know we're not going to come like we used to. So I, I think there's a lot to be uh, discussed there going forward, and and it sounds like you're both on the, the same page with that. Um, one of the things we talked about um, going into this this segment was the whole idea of the profession itself, and and Tim talked a lot about education, of course, and the whole licensure thing. And as you all both know, NCWS has got this thing called the Future Surveying, Surveying Task Force that's going on right now. So I've been participating in that. But there's a lot of challenges out there um, looking down the road, and, and folks are are scared that we won't have enough people to be interested in the profession to fulfill the needs. Um, then I hear other people sometimes say, well, you know, with all the technologies we got now, maybe we don't need as many as we used to have. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think an audience would be perspe- interested in in what you guys think about that. Maybe Kim, you could start off and talk about that a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, I, you know, I uh, I agree with a, a lot of the things that have been uh, <clears throat> studied and said about a profession, which uh, I, I think it's important to start with that discussion that we're not a profession if we don't have higher education, if we don't have the the ethical standards, uh, the technical training, the knowledge of law and land, and all of those things, and along with that, the public perspective of the things that we do. And one of the things that I learned, uh, you know, uh, every national organization, uh, I think the reason that most of them exist is because of uh, government affairs. Uh, basically, it's something that we have to do, and our membership expects us to do that. And so we spend a lot of time in our, you know, our government affairs, and I think NSPS does a great job with that. But the the onslaught that we're seeing. Uh, of uh, people trying to encroach into our profession becomes, uh, you know, a national discussion, and we really have to pay attention to what's bringing that about and and why aren't we getting uh, enough people in surveying profession and things like that. And <clears throat> so it's always been my perspective that one of the main things that we need to do as a as a national organization, is self-promotion. It never does sound good other than you just have to put it out that way. We need to tell people who we are and what we do. And an experience that we had here in Idaho, I'll just give you an example. We uh, we enhanced the definition of land surveying here a year ago. And <clears throat> we had a little bit of conflict in a lot of ways and national discussion, things like that. But what that brought about is it brought forward what we do. And we went uh, with a lot of groundwork and things like that. We met with a lot of local legislators and things like that to to educate them about our profession, what we do. 
and every one of them had the same comment. Everyone said, you know what, I didn't realize what land surveyors did. I didn't realize the amount of education, the expertise, and the training that you guys possess. And so through that, uh, we did get that to pass. We enhanced our our uh, definition of surveying in our state. But the public education that was gained from that process actually elevated our profession in our state. And I think that that's what we need to encourage individually states to do is to educate the public and whether it's a national program or whether it's state programs everybody does a little bit in their own ways uh, but as I have I've learned that from those uh, from legislators I've learned it from in the education situation where kids are looking into education they see it and then they they make the same type of comments I didn't realize that this was such a organized profession so w- there's a link that we've been missing for years and I'm uh, up to the discussion nationally uh, you know making making some strides to uh, to promote ourselves even more fully than we have been trying to. Yeah, I know when uh, when you guys, you were talking about uh, your definition there in Idaho, um, e- even with what you were doing then, uh, there were some people who really kind of misunderstood what you were trying to do, it seemed to me. Um, I think there were some articles written about that and, and that kind of thing. So it just points out how, how critical it is to, to, uh, to lay that stuff out there. Yeah, and it is critical, and the uh, all the things that we do, I you know we we gained a lot of knowledge from doing that. But laying the laying the groundwork out there and saying in legislation or a law or a definition of surveying uh, that we determine the size and the shape of the earth. We we do positioning of objects in space and time and we you know all these different things that we do that people don't know that we do um, we need to get that information out there and 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 I think that that will interest the, the young people and I've been you know I've gone through this thing a couple different times but when I visited the states in my area I've had a lot of optimism about the uh, the young people that are coming into the the uh, profession because there seems to be a lot of really sharp uh, younger people that are starting to take over some of these state societies and and I think that we've got a lot to look forward to it's just the numbers aren't as like we would like them right well it's time for us to go to break um, I think I'm pretty close this time Rick when we come back I want to get your perspectives on this and, and maybe we can close out with with another issue so let's let's go to break we'll be back shortly Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. 
The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Shonsted products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.shonsted.com. Shonsted, the best just got better. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use. Easy to find and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quick stakes today. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. We're back for our last segment with Kim Levitt and Rick Howard today. And so I appreciate you guys being with me. We actually had a pretty good discussion during the break. Um, And so, Kim, um, I'm sorry, Rick, maybe you could pick up on some of the things we were talking about there in the break, the youth movement, the educational challenges, all kind of related to to our future. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there there certainly are places where it it looks bright. On the other hand, there are a number of educational programs around the country that are struggling to survive. Uh, A number of them are looking at potentially closing. And uh, one of the things we were talking about on the break here was the idea of uh, perhaps, you know, in in requiring a four-year degree, a good portion of it can be online, and it can be done in a more cost-effective manner rather than having a four-year degree in each state. Uh, and then you satisfy some field components either through work or through a local community college and perhaps, you know, from your standard ed classes uh, also. So I thought I just learned of that in the last you know, year or so, somebody talking about that, and I thought that uh, had some value, you know, a good thing to look at. Um, Regarding uh, advocating for the profession, you know, what Kim spoke about, I, I agree with everything he said. You know, we, we have tried a number of outreach programs. We, we have the Trig Star that we're doing with the youth. We've got CSDs with the, with the CSD program with the technician. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, as far as the profession and, and, and its survival, it's going to be embracing technology uh, embracing what we know about our boundary knowledge, which allows us to be licensed and providing value to our clients. If we can do those two things, then people will come looking for us. We won't have to go looking for them. Yeah, I, I know back in the, in the 80s, when I first started surveying, the, the mantra was, 
You know, you get get your survey just so far, and then when the legal questions come about from your client, you tell them to go see a lawyer. You know, that, that's a legal issue. And <clears throat> I've kind of changed my mind about that a little bit, as I think others have too, is that we ought to be able to share our boundary knowledge about case law and, and recommendations. Now, obviously, we can't represent them in court, and, you know, at some point we do have to turn it over to the legal profession, but I think that we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit by not taking control a little bit more of that which our license, I believe, gives us the right to do. Um, so I'd like to see us in further enhance our boundary uh, capabilities and then uh, embrace the technology for doing all this mapping, as Kim talked about, the AUVs, um, LIDAR and scanning. I mean, if others are embracing the technology, so all that work's going to go away if we don't embrace it ourselves. And certainly that's a great avenue for bringing in the youth. Many of them are into the technology. They understand it better than many of us do. Um, so I think there's still some great opportunity to push technology and to push you know, what we know about our, the boundary um, knowledge. Yeah, and I think you have to certainly take a, take a role in doing that by having, you know, more committees that are embracing that technology and uh, continuing to reach out to our youth. Absolutely. Uh, Kim, were you, did you start to say something? I, I didn't know if you did or if I interrupted you. No, no, I, uh, no, I probably just agreeing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're you're right. Uh, both of you are certainly in, in the things you're talking about and specifically to what you were just mentioning there, Rick, um, this whole idea of being problem solvers, not just problem identifiers. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people really tend to think that that isn't our role at all. And and you know, I, I've mentioned, I think I've mentioned this on the radio show before. I've always thought that's what I was supposed to do: is help people solve their problems, not just say you got a problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just to comment on what you just said, though, about Kim agreeing with what I was saying, and I was agreeing with what Kim was saying. Everybody out there that's listening to this show should realize that that happens a lot at NSDF. There's a lot more commonality and agreement on things that should be done than there are, than there is debate, and, and that's a good thing. Yep, I would agree with that. that, that yeah, I agree, agree too. With. Well, you know, we we were talking about uh, some of those um, challenges for other things. We we see those things coming up, and and we have to address them whether we want to or not. And just recently, there's been an issue that's come up related to hydrography, uh, and as you guys both know. Uh, NSPS has taken on the role of, of partnering with the Hydrographic Society of America to have a hydrographic certification, and partially, I guess, because of new technologies, different views, points. Some people tend to look at that as, say, as thinking, well, gee, this is a way to to certify someone, and they don't need to be a surveyor to do it. And that really was never our point of view. Our point of view was that the hydrography certification actually started at the behest of the federal government because they want to ensure people doing their work will qualify. <laughs> but it was really to put another, the way I described it, put another arrow, arrow in the quiver of the surveyor. Um, and But we still see those kind of challenges. There's something, I don't know if you're aware of it at this point or not, Kim, but there's there's really kind of a challenge by some folks out in, in Oregon right now to that very thing. So they're, they're, it, I guess the point I'm bringing up is that the new technologies are all great for everybody, but... I think it's part of our responsibility as NSPS to help people understand that the technologies themselves don't 
don't solve the problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're right, uh, Kurt. The, you know, the technologies have hit us forever. You know, uh, I uh, started back in this uh, uh, teaching young people about surveying, and, it, and, you know, I have to go back years to uh, go back to the math because, you know, we have programs that do everything for us. And we have, the, you know, the technology. I remember when a 35, HP 35 came out, I dropped, kicked my uh, slide rule off the back step of the uh, our, our classroom because this, this new technology has always been a part of surveying. And no matter what we do, it's not going to go away. It will just keep building, keep building. So our young people need to know more than they ever did before, and here we are trying to limit educational programs, and we can't do it. If you're going to be a profession, you've got to have more education, not less. We've got to have institutions, and I don't see it's it. It comes down to the money and the dollars for these institutions. If you're not filling up a program, then they're going to cut your program. And the reason we're not filling up those programs needs to be looked at uh, regionally. Uh, we're we're trying to do just the best we can in our own state, and we're uh, we're trying as hard as we can to keep that program going. And so we only have ideas for our state. Uh, nationally, every place, every area, every region is different, and we're going to have to figure out why people don't want to come into the profession or what what's the cause, what are we missing. And uh, because as soon as young people get into the profession, they love it. And uh, so maybe it comes down to uh, attrition, uh, as, as surveyors drop out of the profession and, and, uh, and retire and things like that, unless people come in, uh, those surveyors are going to be worth more to the nation. And uh, and I don't know exactly how it's going to come out, but we just need to keep our nose to the grindstone to, to figure out how to keep these programs viable because we have to have the education. There's more stuff to learn now than there ever has been. And uh, if we start getting away from that, we're going to be in more trouble than we are now. Yeah, I would agree with that. Rick, speaking of the regional, I've always thought one of the ideas, the regional thing was important, because just because of what you guys are talking about, the, the just the pure numbers. Um, the program up at Maine seems to have done a pretty good job in that region. Am I, am I correct about that? Yeah, I think it has. Um, you know, I graduated from there in 85. We had quite different program than it is up there now. Um, uh, the, the states in New England have supported it and given money to try to build on it. Uh, I know it's quite strong. It is my belief, I could be wrong, though, that many of the students up there are from Maine and stay local. Um, it would be nice if we could find a way where people from New York, Connecticut, would say, you know, that's my survey program to go to, and the states could embrace that. Not from the society, but the actual educational, uh, you know, the higher-ups in the state that say, yes, we will require a four-year degree. Um, one of the things I find interesting about states that say, well, if we're going to require a four-year degree for licensing, then we need to have one in our state. 
Well, I think most of us realize that's not practical. But the other thing that crosses my mind is how many people have kids that want to go off to college that want to stay local? You know, most everyone I know say they want to get as far away from mom and dad as possible. <laughs> yeah, so, right? So yeah. I don't know why that's a holdup. I mean, that shouldn't be a big deal as long as I think in New England, you know, we have what used to be called the land-grant system, and you would pay in-state plus 20% to go to an out-of-state program that didn't exist in New York State. And I don't see mm-hmm. any reason why that couldn't work for our profession. Yeah, and, you know, getting back to that other idea you mentioned earlier about the uh, kind of almost like an online thing with local assistants and doing labs and that type of thing, there's yeah. some of that going on now. The, the program out at Great Basin in, in Nevada just got approved in Alabama. Um, yeah. They, they didn't, didn't end up paying the fee to, to carry it out yet, but it got approved. So I think there's room for that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I definitely think that that's uh, one of the ways that we can cover some of these things, and, and maybe that's one of the things that isn't covered by our board. Uh, you know, they only look at the in-state program and say, hey, you don't have enough guys in your in the pipeline here, and they may not be looking at uh, people that are going to universities and things like that, and then they get licensed, and they want to come to our state to practice. And uh, it may be just a little bit of, uh, you know, it's not all of the information may not be quite correct uh, from our local areas that are uh, putting kind of a, a, a problem into these universities. Because I think this online stuff is going on all over, and we're trying to do articulation agreements at Idaho State University, teaching several online classes. And so there are people from outside of the state that are uh, getting this education that may not be showing up in their in their pipeline of people that are trying to get a degree. I think that's probably true. Well, we're getting fairly close to the end, and so I, before we get thrown off the air here, I want to thank you both for being with me today and sharing your viewpoints and some information about yourself. And I think it's self-evident to anyone who's listening to this that regardless of how this election should go, NSPS is going to be in great hands, and and I'm sure people are encouraged to hear that you have a joint focus on this whole future and the educational side of things. So I think we're in great hands no matter what happens, and and um, um, I'll be pulling for you both and and hoping for sure that uh, whichever way it goes, you're both going to still end up being on our board because you're really important aspects. So uh, thank you so much for being with me today. Yeah, thank you, Kurt. Thanks, Rick. Good luck. <laughs> yes, likewise, uh, and okay. I'd be more than happy to serve under Kim. I'm sure you do a great job. So uh, I did. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.